This episode is dedicated to my brother, Blake Nutting, who passed recently. He was a good father, friend, and brother. To anyone grieving his passing, maybe this episode can help you process emotionally. If you want to contribute to Blake's memory and to his family, the GoFundMe for his funeral will be the first link in the description. Anything you can give is appreciated. Waiting for Seconds is a podcast that talks about subjects of self-harm, suicide, eating disorders, and other personal subjects. If you don't feel comfortable listening to this podcast alone, listen to it with someone important to you. May that be a teacher, a parent figure, or someone you feel comfortable being with. is Waiting for Seconds, the interview podcast where we meet people and ask them who they are and why they are. I'm Malcolm Outkelt, and I'm here with Shannon Miller. Today, we'll be talking with Nadia Diaz. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Nadia. I am Nadia Diaz. I'm currently wrapping up studies to become a visual effects artist uh, for my bachelor's. I'm also a freelance artist, which I did the album art for this podcast, which was fun. Um, other than that, I reside in the Bay Area, but I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. Hell yeah. I met, uh, Nadia when I was probably, like, 12, 13, um, and it was before high school, there's, like, this little get-together, um, thing that the Adventists do in in their state, their local conference, and I was hanging out with uh, one of our friends, Parker, and through Parker, we I met Nadia and um, just kind of got to know her a little bit more, and then I didn't realize that she, we were so close in age, and so when I got to the academy, uh, she was kind of there to, to help me with, um, like, kind of finding my ground because i mean new new home new kind of area new school so it was it was nice to to hang out and like have a have a friend who was you know there um the other thing that she has done for like me of course the podcast cover art um she's done that and then she also designed one of my D D characters uh for my brother's campaign and it's 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 kind of fun and i'm i'm really excited that you're here to like talk about who you are what you've done and i i guess we'll just kind of get straight into it um what are what are your uh your hobbies that like kind of shaped who you've become um i would say one of my hobbies kind of started out with like sketching and drawing and i mean i mean now you know i'm in art school so <laughs> that's kind of how it spiraled into um a career i guess and just a passion of mine um and i think having art kind of gave me like a lifeline to different things especially throughout life when i encountered different struggles or 
I just was going through the motions or depression and art was something that I could always fall back on, um, whether it was designing like characters or imagining these invisible illnesses as like monsters um, or like just designing something that just brought me happiness. Uh, it was it was definitely a lifeline. That I I'm so happy you talk about your art like it, it is it is who you are and I I want to ask has it like helped you with stress management in any way um, just like you just start drawing in some ways yes in some ways no um being a freelance artist and also like a full-time student, I feel like it's helped me not manage my stress well because I just, <laughs> I never say no to projects and I'm like, yeah, just give me more <laughs> stuff to work on. <laughs> um, but in other ways, like when I feel out of touch with reality or just like I feel like I'm going to break down any minute, I quickly just pull out some watercolors and I just start painting landscapes because it's like something that brings me joy even for those like 10, 20 minutes. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah, I um this creativity is one of those things that I mean I, I just appreciate through whatever it could be playing a sandbox game or um doing D D or whatever and that's that's awesome that you kind of used it to, to shape who you are. I think it's good to have hobbies for anyone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially uh like you talked um it, it's your it's your career, it's your it's your whole life and uh, honestly not a lot of people can say that their hobbies are usually like a side job or 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 something mm -hmm. um that they do in their spare time. So it's it's really nice to see somebody who's taken their hobby to make a career out of it. Yeah, I think it was definitely something where it's like I couldn't see my life without art and that included like a career choice because when you think about like uh, things that you want to do as a career, uh, some people have different options and for me I was like, no, I just want to do art. <laughs> <laughs> it was never so really on the table that there was any other choice. Yeah, I think at one point I like considered marine biology, but then that included doing math and I was not good <laughs> at math. So I'm like, well, no, that option's done. <laughs> I mean, you do love sharks, though. I do love sharks, yeah. <laughs> when when did that start for you? Um, I would say probably when I was four years old, when I watched the movie Flipper, which ironically is about a dolphin, but the moment the shark appeared on screen, I was like, heck yeah, like, I love sharks. <laughs> uh, sharks are cool. Hey, man. Uh, it's a good opinion. You know what? Sharks for me, it's kind of like, uh, I guess in a sense, it's like my spirit animal. They go through so much and they're so like persistent, like no matter what's thrown their way. And I don't know why, but I think like having the spirit of the shark is kind of like, it's been my mentality through life. You want to you wanna expand upon that a little bit more? The mentality through life? Um, so... I guess kind of getting into like the nitty gritty of it like you've seen like different sharks like great whites they have like scratches or hooks in like their fins or their bodies mm. right mm. okay so when you see that it kind of at least for me it kind of shows they went through like a whole struggle or a fight with different predators and yet they're still swimming they're still like kicking ass they're still like a big 
like part of the ocean. Um, and I think for me, it's kind of like no, no matter what was thrown my way, it's like you just kind of have to keep going, and you're still strong as ever. Being persistent at the things you you want to do, no matter how many uh, scars or scrapes that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. I do you want to maybe talk about some of those uh, scars or, or scrapes that have like hit you in life? This feels like a therapy session. This is great. This is for free. <laughs> this, <laughs> I mean, it's it. A lot of the episodes are kind of like this, where we're just here to listen to 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 your life. I mean, there's no better way to to say it. That's uh, honestly really cool because I think a lot of us, um, and maybe you guys feel the same way. Like sometimes you just need that person to listen to rather than mm -hmm. for once be the listener. So this feels very different for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think some of the things I've been through in life uh, kind of varied. Um, you know, a big one was losing my mom at 18 years old. Um, it, it definitely was unexpected because she, she, like to me, she was very healthy and very strong and then at 16 years old you know i find out she has stage 4 colon cancer which by the way uh you know when you're 30 35 please get a colonoscopy you know it could save your life so just putting that out there um but yeah losing her at 18 like 3 days before i was supposed to start college was uh it was different like i didn't know how to process it cuz i think it was kind of going through the five stages of grief and the first part was just like denial about everything so um that was definitely one of those scrapes through life how did you handle that that grief i mean at 16 and 18 you're you're kind of you're fully like your brain is fully developed and you're trying to to process this 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 loss um it <laughs> i feel like back then um i would say something totally different which was i'm handling this great um looking back it no i was i handled it so poorly <laughs> um but i also like have to realize that i was a kid you know and i think part of the reason why it didn't like i didn't process it well is because um and i don't know shannon if you were there in high school when it was mentioned but the day that my mom was uh, having surgery, I left school early, which is the day that we have uh, chapel, which is where the whole school gets together. Um, and my grandma ended up telling the principal to just pray for my mom. Um, and that's when the whole school found out that my mom had cancer. And so I got my phone blown up with messages from people while I was at the hospital. And I feel like... Uh, I feel like that was a moment where I just kind of wanted to shut the world out and be like, I don't want to talk to anyone because I think a lot of people, for me, uh, felt fake because I would say hi to them one moment and then all of a sudden they find this out about my life and now they're nice to me. And I just wanted everyone to kind of be authentic and, you know, regardless of their behavior. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean that authenticity is is important. I mean, I I've been feeling that that same kind of uh, shut the world out feeling. Um, I'd like 
to kind of transition before we come back. Uh, mm-hmm. We lost a very good friend of mine uh, on Tuesday. And so to hear to hear you talking about this makes it a little bit more more real and to 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 hear about your your struggle and and uh grief it's it's kind of that's it's gonna help me i know through the rest of this podcast through the rest of the couple of months um to to like handle it or deal with it but um blake nutting he was a very good friend of mine i won't go further into detail but he was he lost his life um earlier this week and so to uh to everybody who's listening i'd like to uh dedicate the rest of this episode or this whole episode to him just because whoever is dealing with with grief and and loss and pain maybe you can listen to this and maybe get some process it a little bit better like like i am right now but anyways thank you nadia for letting us dedicate this episode yeah, of course. Uh, if you want to talk about him anymore, please just jump in and share any more details about him. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but going back to the authenticity of people, so it just, within that one moment, everybody just kind of changed? Um, you know, felt my, like. my close friends, they were there for me no matter what. Um, uh, my best friend, like, you know, her mom had her own issues like you know a few years prior so she kind of understood like the the journey that I was about to take just in a different way um but yeah most of the other you know hundreds of students that went to that school just kind of like flipped a switch and all of a sudden they were nice to me um and I I don't know why that made me more mad it was kind of like just you know don't talk to me (laughs) if like if you have to like just be yourself Um, but I think the other part about grief and Shannon, you might have to go through this as well. Um, sometimes it makes you angry at no particular thing and also everything at the same time. Um, and I think I just had to go through those like different emotions, um, no matter how uncomfortable they were, uh, part of, I guess, moving on or just, I guess adapting to that feeling of grief is just letting yourself feel everything that comes your way. That's that, that makes sense. I mean, recently it's just, that's how I've been feeling about everything. And it it is unfortunate and it does make me like kind of angry to, uh, I haven't posted anything a whole lot, um, on Facebook or, or anything. And just to see all the people like talking about him, it just it's weird. It doesn't feel real, but did did you ever like talk to your mom like after the passing, like maybe on the way to the lunchroom and it was just you and it, you just felt like um, you could talk to them? Um, no, after she passed away I feel like I so I have a journal actually I was given at my high school graduation and I didn't know what to write in it because I'm not like a journal type of person and so when Mm. I moved to San Francisco in 2018 for one of my first semesters on campus 
um, I brought the journal with me and I started writing in it like I was writing to my mom. Um, just things about what was going on in life, you know, starting college and making new friends and all these different things. And sometimes, you know, there'd be months or weeks that I didn't go like and write in it. And I felt bad about it. But at the same time, like I still kind of talk to her in a sense, like either it's listening to her favorite music or uh, ordering her favorite coffee or food, uh, baking stuff because she was a pastry chef. Um, I feel like just doing different things kind of connects me back to her. And even, I think, talking about her and her memories um, is what keeps me closer to her. Hmm. Now, how did, you, uh, how did you deal with, like, the stress of and the pressure of almost, like, uh, maybe it's not the loss, but it's everything surrounding it? Um... I think I had more trouble coming to grasp with, like, being the therapist for everyone in my family. Because everyone dealt with it in a different way. And even just me being 18 years old, like, there are some things that I had to do, you know, in her last few days of passing that no one should ever do. Whether you're a kid, or you're a teenager, or you're an adult... Um, but I felt like a lot of it was just kind of like, I had to be another caregiver for my mom, which I'm, I'm not saying that I regret or anything, but I felt like that kind of took away some of my youth and made me grow up a little too much, um, a little too fast. And I felt like that kind of just added the pressure of, oh, this is real life now. Um, I have to grow up. So it, it was kind of weird to deal with that. Cause I didn't expect that to be in the cards for my life, but you know, things happen, man. <laughs> Yeah, it. I mean, at any moment, people could could be gone, and it's just yeah, it's one of those at things. The, at the same time, though, like I guess that's where you have to kind of put things in perspective for yourself and what you want to do for like in your life, whether it's a bucket list or a passion you have. That like you find something that you really want to do and learn the people you really want to do it with and make the most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Because I think some of us, we, I think we take life and time for granted because we're like, oh yeah, like we'll do it later, you know, we'll do it in five years. But then like five years pass and we didn't do what we said that we would. And I think after we see, uh, you know, our loved ones pass, um, at least for me, it kind of put things into perspective of like, oh shit, like now, like I really want to do this. And I, I guess I better do it now because, you know, tomorrow's never like granted, you know? Mm, yeah, not, you're, you're not trying to prepare for the future. You're just, you're staying in the present by doing those, what the things that you planned on. Yeah. Hmm. You two have bucket list items that you want to do? I do now. I got, uh, it's, it's so silly, but, um, when, before, like, before his passing, we talked, uh, everybody knows that I do, like, Muay Thai, which is, like, a boxing MMA kind of style. Do? But one of the, yeah, yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been doing that for, like, two-ish years now and i've been wanting to go and fight and uh 
Blake, he was, he was like my mentor, my trainer. He was like everything for Muay Thai and, and like, he was a family. Um, but he wanted, I told him after our fight, I'm going to have jalapeno cheddar Cheetos and a, and a beer. That is okay. all, that's all we kind of, that's all I wanted to do after I fought because I mean, you eat well and do all that. And that's kind of on my bucket list right now. I've got other things, but I'm kind of doing those other things as like, as we speak specifically like the podcast, I've, I've always wanted to do this. So it's a dream come true for you. Yep. It's, it's a goal that I've been wanting to do for a while now and it's, it's here. We're doing it. Yeah. That's awesome. We're breaking the fourth wall a little bit. We're here. (laughs) What about you, Malcolm? Do you have a bucket list item? Not really. I have, uh, you so do i i mean sure there's like like i think it would be fun to skydive but i've never really thought about it as like uh i want to do this before i dive just thought about it as like it probably probably would be cool to go skydiving yeah um but no i've been very lucky to like the biggest death i've really had in my close family uh that i can remember uh was like a dog oh and I don't know, it's uh, simultaneously kind of hard to cope with seeing it in someone else because I don't know how I'll react, mm-hmm. and I'm a little worried that I won't react well. And, uh, I mean, thankfully I know I have, I mean, I have people like Shannon around me who will always be there and always be ready to help. Mm-hmm. Always. But, you know, it's a, a little weird to think about death in that way for me because i mean i've thought about my own death but always in like a okay yeah i'll die that'll happen at some point cool i think I it's mean, like more th- like easy to accept like with yourself than it is with other mm-hmm. people i think it definitely is i for sure i mean how i how i look of at death is like it, it it happens. It there's usually nothing we can do about it. I mean, you lose a grandparent or um, mm-hmm. a pet or something, and it it's it almost seems like normal. And I mean, it doesn't it doesn't change like how you feel about it. I I personally, even though it's only been a couple days, it it the pain isn't gonna go away. Mm-hmm. like with the memories of your the the person it could be a pet it could be a grandparent um and and it, i was talking to uh underhill recently previous guest on the podcast um and he was saying it it never stops hurting mm-hmm. uh, and it's one of those things that i i'm just trying to consider in in the back of my mind but I imagine for you, yeah. And I imagine for you, because it's been, it's been a long time, right? It's been a couple of years that it, it still just hasn't stopped hurting. You're, you're having your good days and your bad days. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like it's, oh man, this is going to sound so like bad to say, but I, I'd rather be honest about it than not. Um, some days you 
go and live your life and you forget about the person. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just more of like you forget that it happened. You forget that like they're a part or they were a part of your life. But then when you remember that, I think that's the one of the more painful moments of like, oh shit, like, um, yeah, that happened. I lost this person. I can't call them right now. Um, so it's like, those are the bad days, but there's also good days of like, you know, remembering like the memories you had with them. And all of a sudden you have this smile on your face, like, oh shit, like they would really like that. Like, oh man, I wish I could tell them about it. Yeah. Uh, I, that's, that's what I'm trying to, trying to do. I'm not, I mean, like I said, it's only been a couple of days, but. All, all the emotions and all the things I'm like, I'm just thinking about like the memories mm -hmm. that that's what's important to me. But it's the thing you hold on to though, and you know, make an effort to tell people about who he was to you. Yeah, and I mean, I'll find my ways to like honor his memory. I know, like specifically, fighting will will be one of the ways to honor his memory. Mm -hmm. Um. What what are some ways that you maybe honor your mom and her memories? Ooh, um, you know, maybe something she wanted to do or something, uh, like she wanted you to do. There's kind like, of different things, it. I guess. Um, when I was in high school, she always told me about like how good of an illustrator I could be if I did children's book illustrations. Um, and I don't know why, but back then I was like, ew, no, I don't want to do children's book <laughs> illustrations. Like, I want to do, like, game art. I want to do animation. No, it's funny, actually. One of the projects I'm wrapping up now is a children's book for a client. <laughs> 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 so, uh, that one came, uh, it came back to me. Um, and so whenever I work on that project, I kind of just, like, think about how I would share it with her, you know, if she was still here. She would probably laugh at me and, you know, tell me, like, I told you so. Um, but another way that, like, I guess I try to honor her is to, like, try to make an effort to travel and kind of see the world and, like, experience more cultures. Because I think she was very into um, just learning about new people and especially the food and the desserts. So I guess I try to exude that same energy. What what places have you traveled to? I know I've seen on Instagram you going to these uh, tropical areas. I have no idea what where you were at, but I, I know that you went to some new places. Dude, okay. So since I know now that you're into Muay Thai, you have to visit Thailand. I uh, That's on my bucket list, and it's more now because of him, because we're going to go next year. It's, uh, Thailand is such an amazing place, and they're such nice, sweet people. Like, I kid you not, like, even being a tourist over there, they, like, the locals were so sweet. Um, and me and my partner just went in, like, late July, early August for two weeks, and we visited, like, the islands, we visited Bangkok, um... And the food was amazing and cheap. So were the accommodations. The nature and the hikes were beautiful. The experiences were incredible. But it was just like the people and the atmosphere. It just felt so, I don't know, like close-knit and really nice. 
but it's definitely something different than to like what we're used to. Oh my god, like, yeah. We, yeah, we have we have our stereotypical family over in America, but when you go over to those other countries, they they just do it differently. I mean, it, there's nothing else to say. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. I mean, granted, it is considered a third world country, so you kind of do see like a little bits of that, and it does make you more appreciative for what you have. But at the same time, it's like when you visit those places, you see such an abundance of culture. And I feel like in the United States, it's not that we don't have that. It's just a lot that we can't really fully experience as much as, you know, going to those countries. Yeah. But you should definitely visit Thailand if you like Muay Thai, because then you can just fight with them. <laughs> well, and the different thing about, like, Thailand is that's their life. Like, most kids get kicked out of their home at, like, three or four to go to these camps or, or new homes where they train to, to, to fight, they train to live. It's, it's completely different than over here, and I'd love to go and experience that. Do you go into any other um, places? Have you been? Um, we are thinking about traveling to possibly Costa Rica this summer, so that'd be nice. Um, I we're also thinking about going to Europe in December because I haven't been. So there's a lot of places on my list of uh, things I want to see. Um, you know, mainly for like the art, architecture, and food. Um, gotcha. Right. Yeah. So, but in terms of countries, it's been you know Mexico or Thailand, so or Canada. I guess Canada's a different country. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes um, it's like so close. I'm like, no, Canada's part of the United States. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's really not. Especially hearing uh, from like our friends, Malcolm and I's friends. We've got a couple people who live in Canada, and they're like, yeah, it's nothing like America. <laughs> It's uh, uh, better healthcare. So you now go over to these countries to uh, art for for art, architecture, and food. Um, but you also do it to kind of honor your mom a little bit because she probably also wanted to explore the world. Yeah, you know, she always told me, um, you know, especially when she got sick. <clears throat> um, she told me just to like live life and travel because I think my mentality at that time and i think this is the one thing i still try to not feel guilty about um the person she knew back then is not the person i am now and i think that's still what i'm trying to cope with the most is because back then my life was pretty much like school like getting to college like very focused and very uh tunneled vision on like one thing and she was always like just let loose have fun with life like travel see the world please <laughs> Yeah, and and now that you've done it, you're like you see the value in it, and and all the all the nifty things about just going out and seeing the world, even if it's like to another state. Oh, for sure. It like I think it gives you more um, perspective of like uh, people's upbringings as well, because I think the one thing that I wish people did more of is. Um, so when people sometimes go and take vacations, they stick to maybe one area that they know um and it might be a more americanized version of a country 
And that's fine, like, if you're used to that or you want to do that. But at the same time, you're losing so much on learning about these people, about the cultures, about some of your friends and their upbringings. And um, so I feel like it's crucial to kind of get to know the locals and see, like, what their life is like, because it gives you more empathy as a person. I, I love that. I, I, I mean, that's why... Uh, we do we do what we do uh, like for the podcast is to understand uh, people's upbringings and what challenges they've faced. Mm. Yeah, all the questions you sent um, over, I was like, these are amazing. These are the best questions I've ever seen. I I appreciate it. I I tend to think that uh, these questions are pretty basic. Like they're, uh, uh, what is the space study of like signs? Zodiac signs. Oh my gosh, I I only know like two of them, and that's like my best friend and my sign. But other than that, I don't know much about them. <laughs> Horthology, hornology. No, that's birds. Well, <laughs> I'll I'll fix it later. How do you know about birds, though? <laughs> I, Anyways, I feel like um, I'm a blue jay at heart. That's as much as I know. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. That's what really matters. <laughs> what kind of what kind of bird are you, Malcolm? An ostrich. <laughs> I truly can see that. On emu. Oh. Yeah, oh. no, probably more like an emu because emus are dicks. <laughs> or like a rhea. They can't kick. They don't kick. There's birds that I kick. kick. <laughs> I mean, you can kick. There are birds that kick. Um, I think I'm probably like <laughs> a parrot. Yeah, that follows. Well, maybe maybe coming back, uh, a typical, the the most like basic thing about our podcast is is this one question about uh, nature versus nurture, and like kind of how how we uh, see life. Maybe Malcolm, you're gonna have to ask the question because every time you do it, I it's it's way better. All right, you're, so uh, answering the you're asking the question. I'm asking the question. Yep. Uh, largely, a lot of people in life have two general philosophies. Uh, a lot of people believe that we are more founded by our nature, uh, which is to say, we are who we are from when we're born, and almost destined to become the people we are. Uh, and some would argue that we are more founded by our nurture. And as we've discovered on many episodes, uh, a lot of people would argue that it's somewhere in between or some combination of the both. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to know where you stand on that. Do you believe we're more made by our nurture or our nature? Ooh. Um, you know, it's interesting. I just had a class last semester and it talked about, um, it was like a sociology class, and it talked about how a kid, um, if he's around certain behaviors, either of his parents or peers, um, most likely he'll be brought up kind of exuding that same behavior. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like if you have, like, maybe bits of uh, different behaviors from other people outside of, you know, what you're used to, like, immediate family, I think that kind of shapes you into also who you are. Um, I think... I think I would still have to go with, like, a lot of who you are is 
by what you were surrounded by. Um, whether it was the warmth of immediate family or, you know, other people like peers, teachers, friends looking out for you. Um, I think if you have more of one thing than the other, whether it's positive or negative, then most likely you'll take uh, the majority of what you've been around. So that's, I guess, my answer. <laughs> A more uh, nurture standpoint. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I'd like to know if you feel that has been the same with your life. Ooh, um, that's so hard. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like, yeah, I under, like I agree with like what I said, but at the same time, I'm like, no, but when it applies to my own life, um, I think with uh, what I was raised with, uh, sometimes I feel like that's how I was shaped to become but at the same time um my friends in particular kind of shaped me into who I am because I think when I was younger I was a very pessimistic person just because of some of the negativity I was around um but now I'm probably more positive than I've ever been in my whole life and I think that's really like in thanks to just my friends my partner and um you know the handful of family members that you know, I feel close to. You were talking about uh, a little bit of positivity um, and trying to be more positive. Maybe this goes with that. A lot of people on this on this podcast talk about uh, they're also in this kind of gray area of of being positive or negative. More, more like optimist or pessimist they they find themselves somewhere in the middle and you might feel the same way but do you tend to be more an optimist or like a pessimist or are you just still somewhere in the middle um well i think i don't know if you remember much about my attitude back in high school but i felt like back in high school i was more of a pessimist just with everything going on um, like, no matter, like, the positive thing someone would say to me, I'm like, oh, nope, like, let's flip this back into, like, a negative thing. Um, but now I feel like I'm more of an optimist than I am anything else just because of, I don't know, just, I guess, finding my peace and comfort finally. Um, and, yeah. like, I, I do have my bad days, but I think overall, like, I just try to find, like, the good and the positive and everything that I can. So you so you have your optimist days and you have your pessimist days and it just depends on the situation almost. Yeah, I mean, like just the other day, like I, you know, broke down crying because I, you know, I think about my future as a as an artist. And even though like most of the time I could have confidence about like my career, about my freelancing, um, about my academic career, uh, it still gets to me sometimes like, ooh, I have a lot to live up to. This is a lot. And that's where I get into the mindset of, uh, you know, this is kind of scary for me. But at the same time, like, I guess my optimistic days are like, I get to do this as a career. Like, this is my passion. This is amazing. Not a lot of people get to do that. Hmm. I like that a lot. It's, it's, it's... Y on your pessimistic days it's it's more about trying to live up to something than it is just like being in the moment like when you're when you're thinking about your 
what you're doing it, it's you are you are positive but when you try and think about the future it's it's sometimes hard to to be positive because all these certain situations can happen yeah i like that <laughs> yeah i guess i never really good... thought of it that way but now that you put it into words yeah i guess all of my pessimistic days have to just like it goes back to how i think about how i will be in the future and i think just that scary thought alone makes me a little bit uh pessimistic Hmm. Um. Well, yeah. in that thinking about where you'll be in the future, I'd love to ask you if you have major future plans. Uh, obviously, I presume you're planning on graduating, and then what? Um. Dude, there's a lot that I want to do in the future. <laughs> <laughs> where to start let's say five in years five years okay well then in five years i hope i'm already graduated by that time uh, we, can hope. <laughs> we can hope yeah just like imagine like the semester being drawn out by five years um that'd be terrible oh, wow, right? <laughs> um i hope that i'm like a lead artist or like a art director at this company um but i also hope that i'm a mother in five years because I think that'd be really cool. So, yeah, like a thriving art career and starting the family. Good way to say it. Yeah. Which is weird, because I never Just, thought uh, I would have, like, a, a a feeling of, like, wanting to have, like, my own family. But, you know, things change when you meet the right person, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. S speaking of family, um, for, at least for me... Um, there, a lot of the time I am not super close with my, my blood relatives, either like my mom's side of the family or my dad's side of the family. I, I usually, I have people that I pick and choose, um, to, to, to be like my family. They're, they're mine. They're, I, I would die for them, but they're not exactly like blood. Mm. They're not blood relatives, but I want to ask you the same question. Um. How do you determine like your family? Are you the same similar situation where you choose the people who you live and die for? You know, um, I think you and I could probably be on the same wavelength with this, uh, especially with Underhill. Um, you know, uh, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I actually have a biological older brother. Um, but we I haven't seen him since I was nine and we haven't talked since I was I want to say 15 years old. Um, but to me, throughout my whole life, I always had this like void of like, I, you know, I miss my older brother or I have a lot to live up to to maybe get him to notice me. Um, and so I think it was like my sophomore year of high school, that's when uh, Underhill came into the picture. And I, I thought at first, like, he was this like scary dude, history teacher. <laughs> he was menacing. <laughs> um, but then, you know, over the the next few months, um, we got really close, especially, you know, when the news of my mom came out. And, you know, now, like, I consider him, like, my older brother. And I don't consider my biological brother as family to me anymore, um, which I know a lot of people mm. can relate to or some are kind of like, what? Like, how dare you? Um but I think we determine who family is by 
how how much we're worth to them. Because even to our own blood-related family, we might not be worth a lot. And as much as that's sad, there are other people, like best friends, that would die for us just like we would die for them. I kind of want to... Go ahead, go, No, 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 you go ahead. Uh, it, I was going to say, it's the people that really care about you that matter. Yeah, like the... They're... They want to see you, like... Let's see how how to phrase this. So maybe you're doing something that you're really proud of and maybe you want your family to see, but they're not paying attention or they aren't supportive of like what you do. But then there's other people that a hundred percent, like they're in your corner from day one. Um, They might not be related to you by blood, but they wish you the most success and will do anything in their power to make sure that you go above and beyond and meet your dreams. Um, And so to me, that kind of, helps determine who family is. Ah, oh, you had to say corner. Because oh, of uh, fighting? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He that he was supposed to be in my corner for, like, my first fight. And uh, even to hear about that, just... Yeah, I mean, that made him... That made him family. And those, those people who you you choose to to be in your corner and and like support you with all with anything good or or, or bad decisions they're they're just there they support you mm-hmm. they also like look out for your well-being and will tell you when you're being a dummy when you need it <laughs> yeah yep exactly that even though like some people may think of that as negative it usually is because they they love you and they trust you and um, they want you to like make a better decision, almost. Of course. If you if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been many times where Underhill's like, "Naughty, are you being so idiotic right now?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> so. He's definitely slapped me in the back of the head a couple times, just being like, "Are you are you kidding me? <laughs> are you are you kidding me?" We had to go through our dumb teenage stage, man. <laughs> I'm. St- yeah, I'm still going I'm through still it. Going through dumb. St- Dumb stage. <laughs> um, now, I mean, uh, growing up in like a uh, a church environment, like I know I've developed my own uh, Christian mentality. Of I like I haven't gone to church in uh, probably since I graduated. I I, I just. I still believe I still um talk to God a lot mm-hmm. but I'm not I don't I don't go to any um church or or anything for I guess what I'm trying to say is are you were religious and I imagine you still are has has anything changed are you maybe less religious than um like when you first were starting growing up or it's funny because in some ways i think i'm more religious than i was in school um so back in july i actually converted to islam so i'm a muslim now and you know i was Hmm. raised seventh day adventist and you know went to the the private schools but i felt like a lot of what I needed out of the religion or what I researched just didn't align with what I personally believed. 
And, you know, I went through my own personal struggles with um, religion and being, I, I guess I felt inferior to those that, um, to those that I guess were, you know, quote unquote, better Christian that had more weight to their reputation than me, because I guess I kind of was considered a rebel uh, in the, the church slash school. Um, but I, even when I felt like my outlook on religion wavered, I always believed in God. Like I, I never, never stopped believing in God because I always felt like he was a prominent, uh, like a prominent power in my life that I always knew would be solid to go back to no matter like where like spirituality took me. I'm, I was I'm not, uh, I'm a little shocked because not a lot of people like convert to like Islam or it's, it's that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, what I, it's important to see yourself grow in, in whatever and for you to find some religion that, that is what you needed. I mean, that's awesome. Mm, I think, uh, I mean, just the journey to get there was not easy. Um, you know, and there's different family members that I, you know, I told them, I was like, you know, I plan on converting and they're just like, oh, that seems like a really easy journey for you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's far from it, but okay. <laughs> um, okay, like whatever you want to think, sure. Um, but I do remember like, you know, back when I was 14 years old and getting baptized in the church, like, people always described it as, like, a indescribable feeling of, wow, I feel renewed, and um, I feel like I'm invincible, and yeah, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and I remember being at 14 years old when, you know, my head, like, you know, got dunked in the water, I'm like, wow, I feel no difference, <laughs> like, what is wrong with me, <laughs> and I just remember then, like, you know, I made a, I made a mistake and I never felt like I, like, I never felt like I belonged in the religion. Um, and so mm. when I decided to convert to Islam and I did the Shahada, um, I started crying and it was very intimate. Um, it, there was only like four or five people in the room, including myself, uh, versus, you know, hundreds of people. And I don't know why, but for the first time ever, I felt like it was my choice. And I think that was important to me. Yeah. And I imagine, yeah, the, the change in, in, like, uh, in religion is definitely not an easy battle. I mean, for, for some people, it, it can be simple. Mm. But for, for others, it's, 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 your, it's your morality. I mean, it's what you live by. And, and to, to struggle with not only the the court of your opinion but the court of of public opinion and, and i can't imagine it was it was easy at all i think that was one of the hardest things that i didn't know how to navigate for like a few years it was um well i guess shannon you know like you when you go to school you have a routine of like you pray you know we pray in the Every class. Every single class. Yeah, we yeah. have chapel, we have church, and uh, we have these theology classes. And so at what point are you, like, do you believe because you're being taught this, or do you actually believe because you yourself and your core actually believe in that? And I think that was the part where I had to really kind of dive deep and let myself research and pray through. 
and that's that's totally fair. I mean, uh, for me, at least in in at the academy, it was I felt like I was taught that I did have a choice, but that was maybe like what you took out of the teaching, mm. like to to whoever. I I personally felt like I could I could just say screw this eventually. And I, yeah, eventually it became like a monotonous everyday thing. And I didn't, I didn't really love that, but I mean, like religion is one of those things or I, I hate calling it religion just because I hate the, uh, the overarching like institution. Yeah. If you know what I mean, it's not, it doesn't feel grounded in anything besides like me. Mm -hmm. The, that's the only thing I can rely on is is how I view it, and so it was those everyday like Bible discussions. It, it it slowly started making me a little upset that like I guess I guess I am agreeing with you. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. You didn't feel like you had a choice. I remember this one class. I was a sophomore. I. I was a pretty quiet um, student, and I don't know what the teacher said, but I, I just remember words were coming out of my mouth saying, like, of course you're saying that because we don't have a choice. And <laughs> the teacher looked at me and said, well, of course you have a choice. Like, like why are you here? And I'm like, this isn't really a choice. And so, yeah, long story short, I had to apologize to him. <laughs> But I think there were some things I felt like we did have a choice and other things, um, maybe it was just like our answers or our interpretations didn't fit what they were looking for. And I felt like that alone kind of lessened my desire to be part of that. Part of the institution. Yeah. Plus, I, I agree I with you. Like, of... I think it is an individual journey. You know, your journey with spirituality is you know different than mine and same with malcolm same with everyone else like whether you're devout or an atheist or a buddhist like it doesn't matter yeah and i i think it's important for every one of us to have our own little spiritual journey mm -hmm. um because a, a lot of people see it as they need it like a physical thing they need a physical person they need to see it to believe it yeah. um not only they can't just say it to believe it, but I think it's important for everybody to have that spiritual journey to like help them feel what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. I, 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 it sounds a little rude and uh, maybe, yeah, rude to other people who have a religion, but like, even even if like in all in the grand scheme of things, like the religion isn't the important part like one religion is right one religion is another or or isn't yeah it's i think there's also people it's that thing who, that who take it too far like they like anything yeah. that happens like they somehow tie it back to god <laughs> like whether it's good and they undermine your ability or your gift or your practice or it's bad like it goes back to god and as like, and I 50-50, like, agree with that. Like, oh, yeah, like, I have a gift of art, and I would like to say that 
that comes from God. But at the same time, like I did put in like hours and hours into my craft. But at the same time, you have people, you know, diagnosed with depression and then church members saying like, oh, well, you know, if you just prayed more, it would go away. And it's like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> it's kind of a slap. In it really the face. is. Yeah. Plus, God made doctors I mean, to help with mental illness, you know. <laughs> I think some part of it is. Uh, like. We we can give we can give praise to God for opening those doors. Mm -hmm and giving us that the maybe it's not the ability it's it's just the the pathway i mean that's how i believe it i mean i i don't think god put fighting in front of me to be like here you go it's you're ready you're perfect for it i don't think so i think it was that that door the opening that i saw like all right, I'm I'm getting too big. I need to go do some exercise, and and eventually you you get to a point where it's like, yeah, this is this is something I love. This is something I love doing, and it's and it's now a hobby. It's 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 still you, and it's it's not something they've like God has just given you. Yeah. Almost there, there's a journey. Maybe I, maybe I'm talking out of my butt. I I don't think so. Malcolm, what's your religious uh, standpoint? Uh, I am agnostic, Ooh. which is why I can't really contribute to this conversation because I don't believe in God. But I mean, you still have your own spiritual journey. I yeah, mean, it, maybe that's true. Not with a with a God or you said or, everybody, or... everybody ultimately does. Yeah. Wait, I'm interested. Like, it's it, impossible. Like, did to... you always have that like perspective, or did something like switch it? Or I, I've gone through a couple of different beliefs. Uh, I used to consider myself uh, spiritual, is what I would say it is. Uh, like, I believed that there was something more. Uh, maybe that's reincarnation. Maybe that's a idea that you know there is a, a higher being, mm -hmm. but. Uh, as of recently, uh, I have consistently, I consider myself agnostic, being that I don't believe there's a god. I don't particularly believe there isn't a god, though. Interesting. It's not really important to me that there is. Oh, whatever floats your boat. I, I always found it interesting when, um, like, you get two sides of the spectrum. Like, you have someone that's like, how can you not mm -hmm. believe in god? And then someone's like, how can you believe that there is someone and i don't know i always found that fascinating yeah I, I think it's really cool to hear that you went through that like i i'm not allowed to believe what i want to i am choosing to believe this because it's what fits mm -hmm. i think that's a very impressive choice to make yeah one that i don't think really everybody could takes time <laughs> and i feel like in a sense yeah. it kind of takes courage at the same time it's kind of funny because um so the islam religion and some day adventists uh are kind of like very closely aligned like i remember uh, i figured well like with the whole like no eating pork um you know no mm. drinking alcohol that kind of thing um i know to a lot of people they're just like what like how can you not do this and you know it's just so outlandish to them 
Um, but to, you know, Muslims and Seventh-day Adventists, it's like very closely aligned. And even the stories in the Bible, like they're very similar. Um, but then there's like some details that are missing from, you know, from the Bible that were in the Quran or vice versa. So it's very interesting to me. A lot of beliefs have uh, similar stories. A lot of beliefs have a great flood, for example, mm-hmm. uh, which leads a lot of people to believe that it's not a myth. There just was actually a great flood. Yeah. And people interpreted it in many different ways. And I mean, nobody can really be sure that they're right unless we go and ask mm-hmm. God. I mean, I definitely think there was a flood because human, uh, the human race was, um, we were not the best. <laughs> I mm. feel like that's just very common yeah. throughout, like, no matter the religion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I know I've taken up a lot of your time for, for this interview. I know we allotted like an hour-ish, but um, I want to say thank you uh for coming on and and sharing about your your grief and um your spirituality and just kind of talking about who you are a little bit more and i know i've learned a couple things about you since talking um a while Mm -hmm. ago or how many years ago or whatever almost six years six five years ago damn yeah something like that (laughs) i feel so old um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but I'm going to do the hot ones thing. I'm going to roll the red carpet out for you. What have you got going on? This camera, we've got no cameras. We don't have it. This, sauces. This, this is very important. <laughs> uh, we'll send some okay, to you. Okay, good, good. We won't. We can't. Uh, legally, I, I'm going to put this in the podcast. We can't send hot sauces. We cannot <laughs> send the hot sauces. Hey, we don't have the right permits. We... I'm sorry, Nadia. I'm so <laughs> no. sorry. What was the host name of the the guy that does hot ones? It's like Sean. Sean, I was about to say Sean Mendez. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't seem Latino to me. Sean, Sean, Sean from Hot Ones. Let me type it in. Sean Evans. There we go. Sean Evans. Sean Evans, please sponsor this podcast. He's, He's yeah, with go. us in spirituality. He uh-huh. says, this metaphysical camera, this metaphysical camera, and this metaphysical camera. What have you got going um, on? You know, just wrapping up my studies, uh, hopefully graduating after this summer. Um, just enjoying life with my cat, with my partner, and just, uh, you know, trying to make the most out of art in my career that I can. But it's been great to be on this podcast, and it was fun. I lost track of time. I uh- did too. <laughs> And at Arthead Creations. Oh my gosh, yeah. follow me at Arthead yeah. Creations. Hire me, please. She <laughs> does amazing art, and I know I will continue to, to have mm-hmm. her do things for us via money. <laughs> uh, not uh, art things, not things. Oh in my general, gosh, that just sounds so things. bad. <laughs> it does. Legal uh, disclaimer the podcast. for art. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. You can only pay her for okay, her there art. There you go. Nothing there you else. go. Well, or if you give her there a job. There you go. Yeah, if there's any studios listening. Probably an art job. Please hire me full time. <laughs> um, <laughs> other housekeeping things. Thank you to Jensen Crawl, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, who made the intro and outro for the podcast. 
Um, he's got his demo out on Spotify, all the fun music places, Apple Music, Amazon Music. Uh, it's knocking on doors uh, for his musical Tea Time that he's been working on. He has also been writing a, uh, a program uh, called the BMI Musical Theater Writing Workshop. Um, I didn't specifically get a link for it, but I'm going to get one from him as soon as possible so it could be in the description. So, um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you, uh, Nadia, for coming and hanging out with us at for number 11 and, and also being... No, I'm not going to do that. I, I won't say that. Um, yeah, thank you again for coming and hanging yeah, out with us. Of course, it's been a blast. Thank you again for having me as a guest. Um, so, uh, once again, thank you for everybody listening to the podcast, and we'll see you for whoever Malcolm decides to get on the podcast. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye.